0: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That'll be all the singing we'll do. We're just going to turn to the word this morning, to the book of John, chapter 1. If we could catch a little bit of what our brother Andrew was ministering on Wednesday about worship and uh, just real worship. Just to adore him, just to recognize him for all that he is and all that he'd done. May God help us. John chapter one, each of the gospel writers would write a little bit about the birth of Christ. We're gonna speak on that a little bit, but John chapter one, John takes a different approach than all the others. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Also over in First John, 1 John chapter 1. It's the gospel of John, and now this is the first epistle of John. Also verses 1 to 3. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifest unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. God bless his word. You may have your seats this morning. I'll ask you also to turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. This will follow in the same vein of thought. Two thousand years ago, um, men did not see and understand what was being manifested or projected unto them. While it was strange and there were supernatural events surrounding it, there wasn't a full comprehension of it. And I would say two thousand years later, it's the same thing. They do not see that which is being manifested. So we want to take this not just on a historical level, not just on the level that sometimes man and the spirit, the religious spirit that will surround man, and that is even as Jesus came and he spoke of the religious leaders of the time, he said, you embellish the tombs of the prophets. You you give value to these places and these things, but you miss the very life that is among you. And if we're not careful, we can take all the tradition around this time of year, and it can be embellished, it can be made something that it's not even intended to be. It becomes the same thing. And we don't want to do that. We want to look at it in a little bigger and broader picture this morning, not focus on that. So this is First Timothy 3, verse 16. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. So it's a mystery, the mystery of godliness. If you actually type in the word great and mystery into the Bible, it shows up three times. Shows up once in this verse, First Timothy. Shows up in Revelation 17, verse 5 when it talks about Babylon, the the mother of harlots and abominations. And it shows up one more time in Ephesians chapter 5, the mystery of Christ and his bride. So there's three great mysteries that the world doesn't know anything about. Christ manifest. You know, there's also the mystery of Christ and his bride. As Brother Branham would say, there was a threefold purpose that God had. That threefold purpose was, was to express himself in Christ Gain the preeminence in a people and to restore us back to Eden. One more scripture. This will, I, I want to look at this as a before and an after to where we're at this time of year. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll read this from verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I want to read one more verse here. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. God bless his word this morning. We're going to try to work with that. I want to take the service maybe a little different way this morning than I would normally do it. Uh, and you just need to bear with me and I need your grace for that. So I don't know if I've earned that, but if I could have a little grace, I'd appreciate that this morning. I'm going to use a little bit of poetic license. Um, you know, anything that, that comes, be it a speech or a poem, it, it develops and it grows. And and so when you do these things, you you just take a little license. I've been Uh, As Brother Andrew was ministering on on Wednesday, uh, I started writing notes, and they really didn't sometimes don't have a lot to do with the subject that's being ministered, but something twigs, and you're under an anointing, and and it started to come about something, so uh, I need you to just bear with me a little bit this morning. Ethan, could I ask you to put the PowerPoint on? I want to speak on the divine expression, if I can, this morning. And uh, we want to just take a little bit of time, just to, I want to give you a little bit of an overview, and then I want to take this on a little bit of, of a, a different way of doing this. But, so I'm going I'm to go through some things here. This is going to go way back. I'm not going to try and cover the whole Bible, but I'm covering the whole Bible. Does that sound right? Okay, good. I want to cover an aspect of it if I can. You can go ahead and turn the lights, Brother Allen, that's fine first message that we actually had recorded, and now there's an earlier one that's recorded, was the deity of Jesus Christ, spoken in 1949 on Christmas Day. I want to read about four or five quotes from that. It says, we are today all over the world being celebrated the birth of Jesus, which is traditional, just traditional. Jesus was not born on no December the 25th. That's impossible. The hills of Judea are full of snow at that time. So how could that be? Jesus commonly by astrology and so forth and by all of them was born first around first of April when it was springtime. But this is a day which is all right, just set aside to worship in memorial of his coming to the world. So if, if you, you know, whatever way you want to take Christmas, well, I don't participate in those things. Well, whatever you do, honor God somewhere. That he came to earth, that the light of the world came to the earth somewhere. Do that, if nothing else. One of the greatest gifts God ever gave was Jesus Christ. We know that. And he says, now I want to speak this morning upon his deity, who who he is. So many of us has him, a little baby, laying out there in a cradle and so forth. But that was just one of the pictures, or one of the scenes. Today I want to play this out in a little bit of a drama, so you just need to stay with me, I'll get to that yet. But he says, it's just one of the scenes, one of the pictures, just one one of the setting forth of the drama to bring it up to what he really is, his deity. And he's always had a place that he showed his deity. So I, I want I to just, that'll be a little bit of the focus of where I go. So and he, Brother Bannon would go on and talk about the scriptures that that related to the, from Genesis, the promise of the woman's seed that would bruise the serpent's head, this promised child, Christ Jesus. He had been down through all the prophets, most every prophet that was wrote in the Bible. They spoke of his first and his second advent, that's his coming. So the first is spoken of, but so is the second. And, and that's what we want to, because what happened at the first also happens at the second. Um, now, he says, Therefore, when Mary, knowing not a man, she was with the male God, I want you to focus on that, with the male God, the Almighty Jehovah, you know, in, in John chapter 1, I don't know if you ever really look at this, but there's so much confusion, and we sometimes take the word as an entity. The denominational word, world makes the word an entity. It's a trinity. They make it a lot of that. But the Bible says when the word was made flesh, and, and, and it actually referred to it, it says him and his male designation. So he is all God. He's all male. He, and I, I wanted that to be clear. we were not worshipping something that's less than that. He's all man. He's all God. We're a reflection of him. So Mary, not knowing a man, was with the male God, the Almighty Jehovah, he overshadowed her, and God the Creator created a blood cell in the womb of Mary, knowing no man at all, and that brought forth the very creative blood of God to redeem us from our life coming in here, being born by sexual desire. And the Bible would say we're redeemed by God, God's own blood. Now he says, how was it God's blood? God has no blood. How could it be? He said, It was God's creative blood that he created in order to redeem us, and he came and lived in the same body that he had created. Now, these are things that, that if you can think about them, they transcend more than the events of a baby in a manger and all the things around it. This is the greatest event that could have ever been. God becoming flesh. He could not as God, he could not suffer. He couldn't suffer temptation, sexual temptation. He had to suffer all kinds of temptations to be tempted by the devil, all kinds of uh, in riches and in powers and dominions and so forth. He had to suffer all of that. He couldn't be as God in the spirit. He had to be God in flesh. Now, Brother Banham reiterates, that's what I'm speaking this morning on, the deity of Christ, so you'll know who it is we're worshiping today, not a baby in a manger, not, or, or not Santa Claus, and we're worshiping Almighty God in the deity of His Son. I, 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 there's a truth to what this season is, and I want to stay on that truth today. And he says, now God himself coming out of the spirit went into Christ Jesus. I'm going to read just the yellow. The blood cells were developed by God. The flesh cells were developed in the womb of Mary and it brought forth the child. And God came down and lived in human flesh and was tempted in every manner like we were. Brother Bannam would, would speak and he would say, think of it, Jehovah laying in a manger. Talk about a super sign. Think about it. Jehovah laying in a manger, in a smelly manger. I don't think we can comprehend it. I want to try and get that little bit of that picture here today, if I can. So, now I'm going to use this as a basis for where I go this morning. Uh, And I'm going to use this out of Christ, the mystery of God revealed. You know, um, if I can say it this way, Brother Branham often... Often would take a little drama or would take a little something, and he would expound on events and he would paint a picture you know and he would take things he talked about you know when Zacchaeus was there and and he had to use short and he had to climb a tree he maybe took a garbage can. did it all happen exactly that way? He was reiterating a story to make it more real so This morning, as I said, give me a little bit of poetic license because I want to use that in just a bit. I won't use it, but there's a a basis behind where I'm going and it's all tied to the message. So, Christ, the mystery of God revealed. God had a purpose and a hidden mystery. That's what I want to speak to the church on this morning. The hidden mystery of God that he had in his mind before the world ever began, it's unfolded itself right down to this present hour that we're living. See? Then you will understand more clearly, see, I believe what is being done. Now, I, 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 this, is, this is a great thought. Let me just keep going. God's great mystery of how it's a secret. He kept it a secret. Nobody knowed nothing about it. Even the angels didn't understand it. I'm going to come to this in a bit. See, he didn't reveal it. That's the reason under our seventh mystery, when the seventh seal was opened, there was silence. Jesus, when he was on earth, they wanted to know when he would come. He said, even the sun doesn't know when it's going to happen. See, God had it all to himself. It's a secret. So there's something that God has held the angels that watched God, that saw what he did, there was something that was held. Even from Moses, who was a prophet, and the different prophets who could go up, Moses up in the Ten Commandments, all the others, even God manifest in his fleshly form, there was a part of it that was not expressed through the earthly vessel, but reserved unto the very hour we live in. Wow. You ought to all be just jumping up and down right now, saying, wow, what a time. Well, let's just keep going. We'll, I'm not. I, listen, we, we all have heard this, but let's hear it with new ears. So he says, that's the reason there was silence for a space of half an hour. Seven thunders uttered their voices. John was forbidden to write it. See, the coming of the Lord, that's the one thing he hasn't revealed of how he will come, when he will come. It's a good thing he doesn't know. Okay. Now, I'm going to to give you a little bit of an overview. I'm going to borrow some slides that I've uh, uh, used a little bit before, but I'm going to borrow some of these. But I want to give you a little bit of an overview, and then I'm going to go to where I want to go. So, timeline. I said Genesis to Revelations. There we are. That's the the service right there on that slide. Genesis to Revelations. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, this will just utter. So, first 2,000 years from Genesis to Verse 7, Adam and Eve on the earth, to Genesis 6, 8, up to Noah's ark, 2,000 years. Really, I'm, I'm going to do this today. I want to do this as a little bit of a drama. There's actually five parts to it. I'm only going to do three today, but I, I'm, I'm going to do five parts. And, and it really, there, there's, there's three 2,000-year periods there's a 1,000-year period after that, but there's a little time from before the beginning. So that's the five parts, but I want to, need to do part of this. So then there was the second 2,000 years up to the birth of Christ. then there's another 2,000 years. And I want to just say this: God and uh, God came down, and I want you to think about the God that, developed, that was in all of time and eternity who was limitless, who couldn't be, con- 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 we couldn't conceive or have an idea of who he was, but he established boundaries to help us understand him. And he allowed it to be in time so that we could also appreciate him. And God, who had all of this, he began to form himself to where we are even today in this very hour. But he had all time and space. He, he, there was no thing as time, but he allowed time to come. And from all of space, he created a solar system, the stars. And out of that whole solar system, he created the earth. And the earth was like a womb where God could express himself. So it was, it was that. And the earth was one of his attributes, and God will never lose any of his attributes. And the earth was one of his attributes. So the earth, even though from Genesis 2, verse 7, and Genesis 3, where man fell, the earth was defiled, it was marred. When Adam and Eve, the gods of the the God of the earth, when they were when they fell, the earth was defiled. One of God's attributes had fallen. But God had three distinct junctions up to Noah's flood. He was going to start the process to redeem the earth. And he would start where he'd bathe it in water. Then he would would spill the blood upon the, the earth again to redeem it back. And at the end of the age he would burn it with fire to make it a fit place for us to live again. Now think of the earth as a womb, as a place that God chose you know, out of all of the blocks of the earth, let me, let me go on and tell the story this way. Okay. From the beginning until after the end of time. Before the beginning. Notice there's nothing. There's just space. There's no light. It's dark. There's nothing. It seems like there's nothing. But in this great supernatural being, Jehovah God, who covered all space of all places of all times... God, the great spirit, the Father, in him was attributes. And these things that you are seeing displayed is just his attributes being displayed. So things that, that we couldn't, that are manifest now, were attributes at one time. Not everything, but some things. He dwelt alone. He was not even God. God is an object of worship. He was the great eternal one. After a while, I begin to see, I, I love how Brother Branham would do this. If you ever want to just sit back sometimes and you drive down the road or, 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 or sit in your room and put on a tape, put on questions and answers on Genesis, and Brother Branham would start to say, let's just hey, have a picture here. We're going to look over the banister of time. Let's just lean over and watch it all unfold. And he takes you on this journey, and, and it's wonderful when you, when you can go to that level. Allow yourself to go to that a little bit this morning. Is that all right? I know there's so many visuals in the world we live in. There's YouTube and there's social media and there's this and there's advertisements and everything. But allow God to give you a picture this morning. So he would say, after a while, I begin to see a little sacred light begin to form, a little halo or something. You could only see it by spiritual eyes. What was that? That was the Logos or the anointed or the anointing. So the Logos, which is... In the, if you take that word out of John 1, that word, that's the logos, the thought, the concept, that, that that held the makeup of who God was. His very being. So the part of God that began to develop into something so human beings could have some idea of what it was, he, that was the word of God. He, male, okay? Now God gave himself birth to this son which was before, that was the Logos, because the Bible says that, that, that through the Son, the worlds were framed. So I don't know how the Trinitarians will deal with that. Because He was, He always will be. It, it, it's not three different gods in, in, in one thing. It's one God, one personality in three offices. God gave Himself birth to the Son before there ever was even an Adam or air. To make an Adam. Then out of God came the logos, which we would say is like this little sacred light that came out of the darkness before or that of eternity as a child playing before the Father's house. And his infinite mind he had the scene that would be at the end from the beginning that he was then. So he knew how this would play out. Nothing is out of order. You say, how could he leave me here in 2021 going into 2022 with COVID and we've had four waves and it looks like there's a fifth wave and how are we going to deal with all of this? He knew. He's God. He doesn't change. He doesn't lose one of them. He's always the same. And he says so, and in his infinite mind he had that. And then for the first time he spoke. Now, I've got to reserve some thoughts here. And he spoke and said, let there be. And an atom split yonder in the sky somewhere. Now, we're just looking over the banister of time. and So something happened. And the Bible would say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the sun came into existence. These are little snippets that I'm taking. So here came this light that came forth, and it, it came out. So there was this light, the Logos, but out of that came a natural light. So it was a reflection of something greater. And after a hundred billions of years, a clinker flew off, flew off of it, was a star, and we watch it falling. It fell for several million years, and he stopped it. And another one fell, and he stopped it. What's he doing? He's writing his first Bible. Nothing big bang, you know, just an explosion and things happen. No, it was with order. It was, it was like it was something God knew. You know, and, and here science and man and his infinite, it is an infinite in his finite wisdom. You know, they, they try to tell you that you came from some, you evolved from some kind of creature. Forget it. God knew where it came from. Kind after kind. See, seed bringing forth seed Amen. so a clinker fell off and it, and it flew now all of this is happening and Brother Mam says billions maybe millions of years yeah. and, and science they try to disprove the Bible by saying it's been proven that the earth is more than 6,000 years old absolutely you just need a revelations of Genesis 1-1 and we have the revelation Amen. in this last day I believe it. Amen. So here it comes. It's evolving. It's breaking forth. It's happening. Now watch. Oh, it's beautiful. He made the sun. The first thing, this clinker went off. It, it, it weighed about just like this earth, and it went, phew. Then this logos here, the Son of God is watching it. He lets it fall for 100 million years, and he stops it. Another one flies off, and he lets it fall off for 100 years, and he stops it. And all of this is happening, and it's unfolding. And it's happening. Now watch this little halo yonder. I can see it move over out to this earth and get over the top of it and begin to move over here close to the sun. It's nothing but a big ball of ice. Still some of it around these days. And he says, now, it begins to get melting. Them great big glaciers begin to cut up through the Northlands and come down. Oh, this is, if you, you can see this, it's amazing. It's amazing. And he comes and he cuts out Kansas and Texas and all them places there. And he went into the Gulf of Mexico. Wouldn't it be amazing the eyes of a prophet being able to look over the banister of time and you can see it. And we are privy to those eyes this morning. We can see things that has never been seen before. You know, one place, Brother Branham says, he was in a prayer line and he stops the prayer line and he goes, last night... He says, that as we were praying, he said, I saw for the first time Adam and Eve coming out of the Garden of Eden. Oh, wow, what a message we have. Don't think these are cunningly devised fables. This is the grace of God that projected down to us. The whole thing was covered with water. Now we get to Genesis 2. We haven't even got to Genesis, we haven't passed Genesis one. And the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now we have creation. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And so the waters were separated from the earth. And dry land appeared. Now, I want you just to catch this for a moment. In the beginning, it was God alone in eternity before creation. Genesis one one, the original creation, billions of years ago. Then there is an age here that we don't know how long it was till it gets to here, where He starts speaking and saying, "Let there be, let there be." So this is that span of time that's so confusing to the scientific world. They don't understand it. But it's, we know it. It's real. It's, it's God. Genesis 1, 2, the present creation, probably, whatever we can say, 7,000 years ago almost, God resting for, for this period of time. Now Genesis 2, verse 7. So I'm, I'm moving. I w- I was, I'm was i taking a little more time on this, but I'm gonna, I want to get to one part of this. So again... Here's our total timeline. Three distinct junctions, a fourth junction. But there's one before that which we just had looked at. Now, I'm going to just take this brief snippet, just a couple more. The first timeline spans from Genesis 2, 7 up to Noah's Ark. The second, and in there, just if I can say this, there was the fall. There's a a seed that came on the earth, Seth's seed there was also another seed that came on the earth, the serpent seed. So this is God's seed through Seth. This is the serpent seed through Cain. And those seeds continue to today. It also manifested. There was Enos, Canaan, Malachi, Brother Jared, you made it. Uh, Enoch, uh, Methuselah, Lamech. So all of this was the, the natural seed. Enoch was the seventh from Adam, he walked with God, a type of the rapture. So everything God was doing was with order to it. I, I, I don't want to get too caught up. But meanwhile, there was a serpent seed through Cain, the lineage carried in the ark by the Noah's son's wives. Then there was the flood. So this is the first 2,000 years. This is the covenant God makes as Noah comes out. There's a rainbow. The first time there's a rainbow, it's a covenant that carries right through to the end he says, and this is the token of the covenant I'll make between you and every living creature. I set my bow in the clouds. It shall be a token of the covenant between me and the earth. The earth being one of his attributes, being a womb that God was going to house himself in. Let's just look at the second 2,000 years from Genesis 6, 8 up to Matthew 1, 2,000 years. There's a third we're not going to go into today. I'm going to pick up snippets of this today. But there was the first rainbow. That's when also that lineage of, uh, of Cain that came through is a guy named Nimrod shows up on the earth. And he founds this place called Babylon. But at the same time, God also calls Abraham, a Moses, a King David, a Daniel, all of this leading up to Jesus Christ. So we can see that there's all of these Nimrod, the Babylonian Empire, the Persian, the Greek, the Roman Empire, which continues on to today. Okay, I want to just say these two things and then we're going to shut the PowerPoint. Before the beginning, God had attributes. And one of his attributes was to be a savior. Now to be a savior, there had to be something lost. God cannot purposely lose anything and then redeem it, it wouldn't be becoming to his holiness and his great judgment. He put man on free moral agency, knowing that man would fall. And in that then, he became man himself in order to redeem back man that fell. That's the reason that Jesus was Emmanuel. If God sent another person besides himself, then he wouldn't be just. God had to come himself and take place. And God came down in the spirit and took place. He had to be made flesh in the flesh of his own creative son. Okay, I want to, I just need to read this yet. I want to, this will sort of set the basis for where I'm going. Um, in 1 in, uh, in Timothy, it makes this statement Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels. I'm going to just focus on that part. Pre- preached on the Gentiles, believed on in the world. This is First Peter one verse eight. Peter's talking, and he says, "We haven't seen him yet. We love him." Um, let's drop down to uh, verse twelve. Unto whom it was re- revealed. Not unto themselves, but unto, unto us, they did minister these things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desired to look into. Now that's really a springboard for the rest of the service for me. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Also, reading this from Christ, the mystery of God's reveal, mystery of God revealed, God's secret mystery He had before the world began. What was in the back part of His mind? There was something that we, He was trying and was going to achieve, and He had a motive in doing it, in order to let Himself be expressed. First, He says, because first there wasn't even a moon, a star, and Adam, a molecule or anything, he was God, he wasn't exactly, but he exactly wasn't God at that time because God is an object of worship and there was nothing to worship him. So in his great mind, he wanted these attributes to be expressed. In him was love, in him was to be a father, in him was to be a son, in him was to be a savior, in him was to be a healer, and all these great attributes that we see already expressed, they were in God. So in my opinion, now listen, this will be part of what I'm tying into, the first thing he made was angels, and they worshipped him, and that made him God. And he started from there. You say, Brother Ed, why are you saying that? Because I'm going to go into that realm in just a minute. How would Lucifer, who was the brightest of the angels, how would he have ever desired to be a creator if he hadn't watched the creator in action? He had to be there to see it. He had to be a part of that. And he had to be... So angels, if you want to take it this way... This is what Brother Branham says, that was the first thing he created. Now, then the angels began to worship him before there was even a molecule in the earth. There was nothing. It was all darkness. There was no sun. There was no moon. There was no stars, no nothing. Then he was God, and he asked Job, where were you? And I laid the foundations of the world. That was way back before there was an earth. I want to read this. I think we're good. We're good. We'll stop there. You can take the PowerPoint on and turn, turn the lights on. Now, I'm going to take this and, and really um, my title, I, I, I put on the divine expression, but I want to just take this subtitle now for the rest of the service: What the Angels Saw. What the Angels Saw. And I want you to look at, you know, when, when Brother Bre- when the Bible was written, Matthew saw events through a certain channel. And Luke. And Mark, Mark, you know, was with a lion anointing. Luke, Mark was with an ox anointing. Luke saw it from a very personal perspective. It, it, he saw it, but and then John he saw it with a different perspective. But all of these together they formed a picture. Now I'm, I'm going to take this a little bit, and I'm going to just ask you. I'm going to use a little bit of poetic license. But so before the angels were ever formed, I want you to imagine this. This will come a little bit. So. Nothing had ever happened. Here was this great spirit. There was this great being. Time and space was there. And he was male. He lived alone. But he had a desire for something else. So as much as he was a male, as much as he was God, as God, he wasn't known as God, but to be God, he had to have worship. And, And furthermore, to express himself, this threefold purpose, Brother Branham would talk about. This threefold purpose was to express himself in Christ, was to gain the preeminence in a people, and to bring it back to Eden. So Eden was actually an expression of his own desire. Just like the 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 logos, the, the bright amber light was expressed in the sun the natural son, so what was on earth expressed what was in him. Adam was an expression of God. Now, so all of this was there. He was ageless. He was, in him was life. In him was light. In him was all of these things. He, he was all of these things, but in him also was love. He's a good God. He could have been a hateful God one, he could have, but he was a good God. That's why we're here today. The goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. As, as still can't get that picture, Brother Mark, of your daughter singing that song. His mercy has followed me. His goodness keeps running after me. You know, and I thought, you know, as Brother John sang this morning, his mercy wouldn't let me go. I didn't deserve it. Abraham didn't deserve it. Moses didn't deserve it. None of us deserved it. But it was the goodness of God. So in him was all of these things. So as he's there, and I'm just, I'm just putting this, you know, I, I just began to imagine and began to think of it. And I thought, you know, as he's there, he's dwelling alone with his thoughts, as Brother Branham would say. And in him was attributes. In him was these thoughts. And, and Brother Branham said, before there ever was a speck of stardust, The bride was in his mind already. In other words, the image that God would portray of himself as being alone, the bride was going to fulfill that void. You think that we're waiting long for this hour? God has waited for this hour from the beginning of the earth for a people that will love him and will serve him and will call him Lord. I want you to think about it. So here he's there and he's thinking these thoughts and and he's thinking and he says, yes, I'll have a counterpart. I'll have something that will fill a part of me. And and, and, and in love he says, there will be a she. And that was in his mind. And that's why we're here. And And as he began to think of it, This was secret. The angels weren't yet formed. This was secret. This was held in his mind. And then, for the first time, he spoke aloud. God spoke for the first time. So he allowed himself for a word to be projected. And and let's just say that 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 he formed the angels, and out of the angels there was different types of angels, there was cherubims and seraphims and angels, but they worshipped him, and they were there and, and 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 they could see him and and God received worship, and these angels you know we all talk about well you know I, I've been guilty of it, but you know take down your halos and we all want to be angelic, you know the angels actually wonder are going to They had an insight to God for thousands of years and they knew things that human beings didn't know. But we're coming into a season where there's things that the angels can't understand that we are partakers of. That we are, they can't understand how God could project his love down to you and I. How he could condescend to this level. But we are and, and Brother Adam would type it all and say, We'll get over on the other side. We'll sing Amazing Grace, and the angels won't know what we're talking about. Yeah. But for now, the angels had a view that we didn't have. And the angels could see things. And so they watched him say, Let there be. And they watched the formation of the sun and, and the earth and all of these things. And, you know, there was nothingness, and all of a sudden, there was light. There was just water, and now there was a separation of land and water. And they watched all of this, and, and there was also another realm that they saw called heavenly places. And the angels saw all this. You know, we don't see those realms all the time. We don't see that, that we're actually just, we think we're seated on, in an in end-time message tabernacle on, why did it have to be these pews? And 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 we think you know, and it's cold out, and and all of these things. But we don't see where we're actually sitting. We are standing on holy ground. If we could see what we're partakers of, oh, there's. I, 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 Lord willing, I'll get into some of this at, at New Year's. But so now he, he he creates these creatures, these angels, these these messengers that would be a. They, they would serve his purpose, they would be messengers that he would send to the earth at different times. they would be used they would they were there, they were like him, but they weren 't him they weren 't they couldn 't fulfill a part that he still had hidden to them, and that part was going to be a woman that was going to be something more and now, for the first time, they watched his God who was infinite and and how he took. All of this limitless space. And now he formed planets and solar systems. And out of all of those solar systems, he would look and he would see there's this little piece of ice. It's called the earth. And it it was moved into the right place where it would be just enough that it could house and become the womb for something greater. And as he looked on this earth, I don't know if we can really recognize... But he had seeds that were already in the earth. He also had other things that were in the earth that were hidden, knowing they would happen. He had a rock somewhere in the mountains of Arizona that would have eagle written on it. Before there ever was such a thing as the English language, before there ever was something that would would do it, because he's God! And this was the place he chose. This was the lump of clay that he chose. This earth was one of his attributes. And, and, and it wasn't that it was special, but it was because he chose it. So now God could take all his great being and, and put it down into this focus of earth. Are you with me this morning? He would go a little bit further and now as there was seeds that were on the earth, but he would begin to speak and he said, let out of botany life, let every seed bring forth of its own kind. Now here was an an amazing thing, from one seed God was able to put and project into that little seed everything that that plant would be in its life. And not only in its life, but in the life as it would come forth and it would bear forth other seeds and it would continue on that way to this very day. Yeah, the, you know, the gardens we plant and, and the carrots and the peas and the, the lettuce and those things, those are all seeds that they're, they're a part of what God has planted in the earth and it continues. And so the power within that seed was going to be tremendous because now God would, would, could you imagine the great God? He's saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw boundaries that I'm going to work in. I'm going to put myself in this earth, and I'm going to put myself in this little seed. And, and eventually he would put himself into a woman's seed. Himself. The king of the ages, the limitless God, was going to put himself in a little seed that he was going to deposit in a womb called Mary. That's the God that we serve. He's everything. He's so great. But he came to where we were at. He came, and he came to this earth. Now, just just bear with me in my folly. And not only that, but this seed could reproduce itself. This is amazing. This is amazing. Because he, he he uttered forth creation. On the sixth day, now they witnessed another thing. They hadn't seen the angels are watching all of this unfold. And they couldn't see this before. But now on the sixth day, which was the crowning of God's creation, there was something that was projected out of the mind of God that wasn't just male but female. And the two, though they were divisible, they were one. And, and, he, and in the beginning, he created them, male and female. He created, so the angels are witching. Like, could you imagine you're standing there as an angel, and all you've ever known is he, he, he. You, angels, which are, 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 are always identified as male beings, he, he, he. For the first time, they see female. Think about that. Something's unfolding here. They still don't know what's in the back part of God's mind. But they see something unfolding. What is this that's happening here? I don't understand this. And could you imagine the conversation around the water cooler? Wow, did you you see what happened there? There's something unfolding. It's glorious. We don't understand it. We don't know it. But he's God. And they worshipped him. And they worshipped him. And they worshipped him. As the sixth day was drawing to a close. And he uttered into the seventh. A lot of these realms were unseen. But now God was going to do something else. He was going to rest. I'm going to. I've said everything I'm going to say. I don't have to say anything more. It's all been done. And he rested. And he just took. He just sat back, and you know I, I don't know when it was. It could have been somewhere about that time, but one of the angels has watched all of this happen, and as it seemed like maybe there was a gathering and, and they saw all of these things happening, and this angel kind of burst through the crowd and, and everyone and, 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 and approached God, and the other angels were aghast. How could he do that? And he says. Uh, can, you, can we create something else? Or I, I don't know what the words were. Can, isn't there more? He says, no, I'm finished. It's all over. But I, I desire something more. It's finished, Lucifer. It's over. And he retreated back. But something was happening. Iniquity was found there. So here's all the angels. Now out of those angels, one of those angels had another motive, another, the brightest of all the angels. The one who could influence many other angels. He began to be made manifest. And certain angels were attracted by that, and other angels remained true to what God had said. But there was all of these angels, and, and this angel was actually cast down into earth. Now, could you imagine what was unfolding there? the first church split that ever happened, happened in heaven? Could you imagine what the angels saw? How can this happen? How can this be? All we've known is purity and glory and light. And How did this happen today? I read some of this from a a book that kind of inspired me with a couple of thoughts. But I took it from the message, and that's my filter. That's, That's my ultimate filter. But as they watched this, Then on the seventh day God begins to take a piece of earth that was there and he begins to mold it and he begins to shape it and as he shapes it and they saw it for the first time and they saw that what was created on the sixth day was in the image of God but this was to be the housing place where God would 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 make himself his image visible. The image that Moses saw, he says, Moses, I desire to see, see." he said to God, I desire to see you. And God said, you can't see my face, but I'll show you the back part of a man. And when Moses looked and he saw the back part of a man, what did he see? He saw a back, but it had stripes on it, bleeding stripes. What was it representing? What God was becoming. God carved the clay. The angels watched all of this, And they said, was this what the Lord was thinking when he created one? And they watched it all, and this was the image of God. And as they watched things unfold on the seventh day, And everything's just unfolding. Their eyes must have been with wonderment. So that's what that tree would unfold. And that's how that light would be. And this is how those things would be. And at the same time, here's Adam walking on the earth. And he's naming the animals. And he's doing all of these things. And yet, within Adam is an emptiness and a loneliness. And Adam couldn't understand it. But it was a reflection of God. And Adam was expressing a part of God, but there was a hidden part of the expression that Adam couldn't understand. And he said, am I just like you? You're alone, I'm alone, and all the others have something. And he says, Adam, I'm going to put you to sleep. I don't know how many days, weeks, years, Adam had this ache in his heart. But he had an ache in his heart for companionship on a level and, and, and the angels are, they, all they ever saw was male, male. And now there's female in, 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 the, in that heavenly realm, that theophany realm. But on an earth, it's just one. And creation's finished. Where is she? She was always there in him. Where is that bride? There's been brides, brides, brides. Where is that bride? She always was in him. And so Adam goes to sleep, and as Adam goes to sleep, and he begins to, to, you know, he had no purpose and direction. He says, I I can't create anything else, but Adam, you're going to go to sleep. And as Adam wakes up that next day, I don't know what it was like, but he wakes up and he feels something. There's a part of me that's missing. There's something there. I I don't know where it went to, but he, he could sense it. And I don't know how God brought the woman to the man, but he brought the woman to the man, and as he brought her to the man, and then Adam for the first time saw it was an expression of all that God was. It was an expression of all that Adam desired. It was an expression of God projecting himself. It was a divine expression. The angels must have seen it all. They go, Wow, wow, wow. Could you could you can you put yourself in that heavenly realm? What the angels are seeing, what they're witnessing. I'm going to have to move quickly. I'm I'm using this as a bit of an act. So this is just the prelude as as act one of the drama. As we turn our attention down to the earth, we see the earth that is there. And as the earth that is there, and we look and we see a scene, the angels undoubtedly could look down and see this bright angel who had now come down and just as much as God chose the earth just as much as God chose Adam and Eve, just as much as he desired to dwell in them, so Lucifer also desired to indwell in flesh. So Lucifer also wanted to habitate that which God had. Can, can you, the, you can read this in the church age book. Lucifer's Satan's desire was to gain entrance into flesh and he couldn't do it because the word was a protection to them all they knew was the word it was a protection they were safe behind it there was nothing but the woman who was came out of the man not part of the original creation hidden but she came out and i don't know how many times the and the angels are watching here comes that serpent he's anointed he's coming to the woman again and 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 oh she could only see he he what's behind we know what's behind them but oh if she could only see if she could only recognize that's not god's program and they're watching this scene unfold and finally after many years you know god had something he would actually say eve would have brought forth would have brought forth spoken word children but before she could come to her husband before her, husband, rather, before her husband came to her, she was already pregnated. Before the season in that which it would be revealed, she was already pregnated. Fast-forward 2,000 years. Before Joseph would ever know Mary, naturally, she was already pregnated, with the word of God. With a seed that was going to be the seed of the woman. God taking what Satan did in Eden and he's changing the curse. He's changing it. Why? He's putting himself in there. He himself came down. So here out of, out of Eden all of this happens. And as we come to the close of this scene and we watch it unfold. And how Adam quickly took Eve to his side. And as he quickly took her to his side, he also had a relationship with her. We see that as the scene closes, Adam and Eve are being cast out of the garden. We see that the cherubims are ushering them out. They're saying, God, you you get them out of there. They're cast out. And the cherubims, I, I don't know what they're looking. They said, how could this happen? He's God. And, 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 they, and they must have looked and, and how they must have seen the sorrow in God's eyes. But before they went out, something else happened that they hadn't seen before. You can go into the message, the cruelty of sin and, the, and, the, and what it cost. And all of a sudden, as Brother Brandon would take the scene and say, I see something coming down It is four letters, L-O-V-E, love. I can't stand to see my children like that. And God comes down and for the first time, blood was spilt and God takes that animal blood and he provides a covering for Adam and the angels must have stood back and say, wow, we've never seen that kind of love before. We know God is a God of love, but I didn't know, wow, look, did you see what he did there? He stooped down to their level. He became this. And as they're walking out of the garden, those garments are flopping against them, flopping against them. They couldn't understand it. The angels are, are looking and saying, I don't understand this. The scene closes. And we started Adam and Eve. I'm not going to take all this. I'm going to take just the part of the angels now. So you just stay with me a little bit if you can. As Adam and Eve come out, the scene unfolds. There's two sons. One son has a nature that's kind and soft. There's another son who's very religious. And the religious one, he he worships at the right place. The angels, now the cherubims, are blocking the entrance to the garden, but Both sons are there. They know that's the place. They know that's where it's at. And as they're there, and as they're worshiping, one of them presents very nice bouquet and and fruits and everything. And the other one comes, and he's dragging his lamb up. And just like God before him, he cuts it, and blood is spilt again. And the angels step back and say, what's this? And they recognize they saw God's pleasure they didn't understand what was going to happen 2,000 years. They're bystanders. They're watching all of this happen. But as they're watching it happen, now I'm, I'm going to just keep moving forward. They, 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 they didn't see all of these things, and, and then they, they, they watched the, the, the lineages grow one grew into great might and wisdom, and the other lineage was just simple people, and they watched the rise of Nimrod. They watched the, they, sorry, they watched, they watched the rise of these lineages, and then they saw f- forth, and I, I don't even have time to get into this, but they watched a man out of the one lineage, they watched a man whose name was Enoch. And Enoch was doing something, and they noticed that God took particular interest. This was the seventh one from Adam. And if you inject Cain in there, it's not seven any longer. And he says, the seventh one, he's building a pyramid. You know, it's just like God did when he did the stars, when he did all of these things. It's by design. It's by purpose. But but there's something inside that pyramid. There's something in a little room. There's a chamber with seven steps. There's a, there's a little place that's holy. I don't understand what's going on. What does this mean? But it was like God was pleased to watch it happen. And Enoch was so inspired. And the angels are watching this. And he's putting this little room together. And before you get into this little room, there's a a big step. And then, and then you go into the king's chamber, but there's this secret place. Nobody on the outside could see it, but Enoch could see it, and God could see it. And the scene, scene shifts. I'm going to go in quickly here. The scene shifts, and there's a man on the earth. His name was Noah. And he's noticed one day, Enoch's gone. Enoch's gone. Judgment must be coming. And he starts building an ark. And he starts building an ark, and God is about to redeem the earth with his first justification, sanctified by water. And, and, and Noah moves very distinctly. I don't know what became of Enoch. I don't know if the angels saw him in their realm or somewhere. But he, he wasn't on the earth no more, that's for sure. And they thought, this is amazing. Not knowing it was the first of many. Many more to come. Noah builds an ark. The flood comes, destroys. God had looked on the earth. This beautiful attribute had been filled with violence, filled with marrying and giving in marriage, and, and all of these things. Men began to take this. The lines began to cross, and, 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 and the days of man were shortened. I'm, I'm, I'm really rushing through all of this part, but I'm just trying to get to a point. So they saw all of this happen and then comes to the end, there's a flood and all of the earth is wiped clean and it's a fresh start. And Noah comes out from there and he starts to, and a rainbow appears and Noah comes out and begins to worship God again, call on God again. And all the animals came out and the seeds were preserved, but there was another seed that was preserved too. And it came through. And it wasn't long before it, sh- it showed up in a man called Nimrod. And Nimrod began to develop. And he began to build a tower. And, and they, the angels watched all of this. And then they watched God came down. And, and God began to speak. didn't come down, but he spoke to Abraham. And they watched him speak. And I gave him promises and gave him things and, and, and gave him promises. Insomuch so also that one day God calls two of the angels and said, I need two of you to come with me. And I'm going to come down. I'm going to speak to this man on the earth. And as they came down, God would, would blow some dust. And the angels would step into it. And God would step into it. And he would visit Abraham personally. And they said, what is God doing? He's going, his holiness. He's coming down to that level. He's coming to a man level. Yeah. And the angels watched it. And they, they had to say, there's something happening here. I can't understand. But he promised Abraham that he would have a seed that would follow him and that would carry him so far. And not only did they visit him once, but they visited him again. And then the last time they came and they visited him, three of them came down and they visited Abraham and they told him about the destruction of Sodom. And two of the angels went to Sodom and one stayed with Abraham. And the angels are watching all of this. There was another appearing of an angel. Abraham was up there to kill his son. And he was ready to put a knife into him. And and an angel appeared from heaven. Said, stop. Sent from God. A messenger sent from God. An angel. They're watching. Why did God allow this? But he stopped it. And the angels are watching all of this. I could take a lot of different instances. But I'm I'm just trying to bring it to a point. They also watched as Daniel was standing, well, I I should back up. They watched Moses, Moses who was chosen of God but was wandering in the wilderness. And all of a sudden God says, I want you to light this tree on fire. And an angel spoke to Moses out of the tree. And the angels are watching this. And he says, to fulfill Abraham's promise, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna come down. And they're watching and they're watching and saying, this is a more definite step than before. This is God beginning to make steps to the earth. This is God beginning to lean to the earth more. And he actually tells Moses, he says, when you take the people out, and, 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 and there was a destroying angel that was sent. And, 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 and the angel was given a command, touch every home in Egypt except those that have the blood on it. A destroying angel. They're watching this all unfold. Then as they went a little further, another angel was told to Moses, I'm going to go before you. I'm going to be with you in the wilderness. My angel's going before you. And, and, and he says, beware of him, watch him, if the, if the children of Israel only could have seen that. But here's the angels, they're watching this other angel all through it, and everywhere they went there was a rock, and that rock was Christ. That's where life-giving water came out, that's where it all happened. They watched this all, they, they watched Moses, and they watched Moses at his end, and then there was a, God told him he couldn't enter the land, and he says, and all of a sudden Moses was gone, and the devil started wondering, where's Moses but it was a secret. They didn't know where he went. There was Daniel. Daniel was there praying to God and the people had witnessed him. He's in a strange land and as he's praying, there was a command given that he was to be thrown in the den with the the lions and as he went down there and he says, an angel was dispatched of God. He says, do you see what's happening down there? I want you to go down there and be a shining light between those lions and between Daniel. And the angel said, gladly. And they stepped down and they went there. They're watching all of this happen. And as the angels are watching it, and that angel stood there all night, and the king said to him, Daniel, are you okay? Oh, king, my God has watched over me. But it was an angel that stood there. And then the men that had accused Daniel falsely, they, they were thrown in the pit. And the angel withdrew himself, and the lions had their way. Do you see the angel that is sometimes around your life? There's others that I could take, but as we now just fast forward, I'd like you to go with me quickly. There was many other instances in the Bible, but go to Luke chapter 1, if you will. Luke chapter 1. This is now Israel, who'd been a nation who, I, I didn't even get into the part of this piece of land in Jerusalem, which God had desired, and, and it was to be a womb for a people, but we're, we're going to just move past all of this. And then it says, now here's a priest in there at a certain time, and he's, he's, he's offering incense. And in verse 11, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zachariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife, Elizabeth, shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And you shall have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice in his birth. Verse 10, and many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God and he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elias and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient of the wisdom to the just to make a people ready, a people prepared to the Lord. And the angel, and then Zechariah said unto the angel, how, how is this going to happen? I'm an old man. I'm most stricken in years. And now the angel identifies himself. And he says, I'm Gabriel. That stood in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak unto you, and to show you these glad tidings, and behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not be able to speak, because you didn't believe these words in the season. I'm, I'm just going quickly. This angel was dispatched. Gabriel, there was notable angels in the Bible. There was Gabriel, there was Wormwood. Wormwood was the destroying angel that was sent to cover the earth in fl- with, with floodwaters at the time of Noah. And both these angels were standing at the side of God one day. And there were three Hebrew children that were going into a, a furnace. And as they were going into a furnace, both these angels were ready. They knew that God could help them. Wormwood said, I'll go down there. I'll wipe them off the mast with, with the floodwaters. And Gabriel said, I'll take my sword and go down there. And, and God s- said, Angel, step back. I'm going down myself. I'm going to walk in the fire with them. Listen, this is the God that filled all time and eternity. This God began to project himself, express himself to the earth. He began to show himself. But now the angels are watching this unfold. And they're watching, oh, there's going to come another Elijah. And a Gabriel's dispatched. Now let's just jump ahead to verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary and the angel came unto him and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Could you imagine as he went off with that message? God must have instructed Gabriel, this woman is special. You make sure this message gets to her. And Mary didn't even know Listen, friends, Mary is a type of the bride. We have been given a message. Listen, Mary didn't have life, but now she was the one who was chosen to fulfill Genesis 3.16. The seed of the woman. Mary didn't have the strength. She just was going to have the seed. And the seed was going to grow within her. God was going to put it in there and he was going to be an immaculate conception. That seed would grow and it would begin to partake of the nutrients that Mary was eating. The earth that was around him, he himself, while he was in the womb, he was hidden. But he was going to partake of the earth and become flesh. The God that filled all space and time and eternity. The angels are watching this. What is going on here? How could God do this? The angels are watching this all. And as 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 she's speaking, as the angels speaking to Mary, and she was troubled, how is this gonna be? And verse 30: and the angel said, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he goes on to say, he'll be great. He'll be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. No doubtly angels. Gabriel's thinking about what he's speaking. David was the greatest king we ever had. But this is higher. And he says, and he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom There'll be no end. And Mary said unto him, How shall this be, seeing I know no man? And the angel said, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore that holy thing which is born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And then he also tells her, By the way, I also went to your cousin Elizabeth. And she's in old age, and she's in the sixth month, and she's barren. But Mary You're carrying a seed that's got everything that God has ever been is projected into this seed. And this seed, if it bides alone, it'll die. But it has to die that it can bring forth many more unto God. Because in this seed is the DNA and the genetics for the bride. He's going to hold it. She's the new creation. She is the one that is going to be in him. In fact, you'll just carry the seed and you'll mention Jesus, his name the first time, and it will be enough to bring your barren cousins dead baby to life. Think about it. I I wish I could express this the way. He says, and Mary just said, like this is this is too big for me to comprehend. But whatever you say, be it unto me according to your word. Now, let's just jump quickly because this is all in secret. This is in the womb. Nobody knows what's going on. There's just a few people on earth that know what's going on. Back to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. We're just about done. And the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now, there's something that happened here. Joseph was a just man. And, and he, he, I, I don't want to, like, I, I'm trying to believe Mary and everything she said, but I don't understand it. I, I don't want to put her away publicly, but I'll just put her away privately. And what does God do? This isn't going to work. And while he thought on these things, God dispatches another angel. And he says, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, fear not to take... And the angels are watching. There's something special. There's been one dispatch. There's another dispatch. There's another one again. All in the space of just a short time. What's going on here? God was watching over his word. He was going to see that it was fulfilled. What did the angels watch? They were watching some Friends, maybe you never thought of it this way. But the angels, no doubt, here through all this time, through eternity, as they watch time, they're watching the unfolding. They watched Abraham. They watched Moses. They watched Daniel. They're watching this event. And they're saying, there's something greater than all of this happening. So Joseph, the angel, speaks to him and goes on to tell him and Joseph did as the angel bid him. Back to Luke chapter 2. This will be our final scripture. You could read verses 1 to 7, but the story is that there was a taxing upon all the world. I don't know if there was any. It was in the days of Caesar Augustus. It was a taxing. So it's not just in our time. And anyway... All of this caused Mary... Now, this is the amazing thing to me. You'd think after this visitation, God was going to just make it easy for her to go in. But no, God allowed her to go on a donkey, pregnant, have to go through all those places. But God was going to watch over her. And it says, so she went to this. To the inn. There was no room at the, at the place and, and while she was there, she delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth. And they laid him in the manger. There was no room for him at the inn. And the angels are watching all of this. And they're going, like, Lord, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Who, who's going to know? It's just a few people on earth know. And God says, okay, you guys, I want you to go down, not to Herod. I want you to go down, not to the leaders, the religious leaders, but there's some shepherds that are up on a mountain. I want you to go to them. Go to them quickly and tell them what's happened. Tell them. And the angel said, we're ready. We're going to go right now. And it says, in the same country, shepherds were abiding in the field, keeping watch. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And this is one angel. And the angel says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign. And as he's telling them, you'll find a babe in a swaddling cloth laying in a manger. And as he's just finishing, all of a sudden, glory, hallelujahs are crescending on every mountaintop. And suddenly there was the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. And these angels are crescending, and they couldn't help themselves by what they saw unfold in front of them. And as it came to pass, as the angels were gone to heaven, the shepherd said, let us go. Listen, I'm going to stop there. That's not even quite the end of scene two, but I, I trust, I, I wanted to get to this point. There's more I want to get to, but Lord willing, we'll do that in a future service. Let's have the musicians come. Are you happy to be a partaker of what you see in this day? We're not looking. Ethan, just put up the PowerPoint, if you will. Just go to that last slide. We're not looking back in just history. We're not looking back in that. We're not just looking at, there's a taxation, and there's a scene, a nativity scene, and there's a donkey, and I won't put the wise men close because it took them time, so I'm going to put them over in another room. No. This is something greater. Let me read what... Do you have that PowerPoint, Ethan? Go to 55 if you don't mind. Deity of Jesus Christ. Let me finish this. The deity of him. Some thinks of him as a little baby. But he's the one that stood on the invisible platform. Reached out his hands and spoke, let there be light. And there was light. That was Jesus Christ. He was in the world. The world was made by him. They didn't recognize him. He was and he is the deity of God. You talk about miraculous things back there. You talk about shouting when he performed these things. He says, now, that same power, that same Christ, that same power that spoke the world into existence is in those people that's got the Holy Ghost. Where is the deity of God? Is, it, is his focus now on, 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 a, on a baby in a manger at that season, or is it on a people that has received the word that are also a deity in their season? It's upon us. Let me, let me go back just to this. That devil's lying, you, your sons and daughters of God. The deity is not in heaven, it's in you. He says, when you realize the Almighty God lives in you, a mortal life, that life of God is in human beings. And he says, oh, who is it? Christ. Christ the deity. Brother, sister, that deity is in you a little while. He says, I'm just jumping down here. No, Christ in you. We're not worshiping Christ in the manger, but Christ in you, the Holy Ghost, the hope of life, hallelujah, the creator, God himself in the human being. Brother, when the deity of Christ by the Holy Ghost comes in the human part, it calls out everything that Christ hasn't created. You know that's the truth. This is all of the same message. I I, I took today's subtitle as What the Angels Saw. Lord willing, I'd like to take one on what the angels couldn't understand. And we'll do that some other time. I just wanted to bring it from that perspective. This is the last one. Christ in you, the hope of glory, not in the cradle, in you. When Christ is in you, He's here today, the Son of God moving up, His great church moving. We'll stop there. Let's all stand together. I trust you bear with me in my folly today. But may something be inspired to make this not just a season of looking back, but a season of where are we? That God that came in flesh, that God is still here. The angels are still here, but there's a bride that is here. That bride that was held in that seed, she is here. And as much as he's desired to express himself, so much is He desiring to express himself in us. Do you believe that? Down from his glory, ever-living story. Let's sing it. If you want to worship God this morning, worship him just for a song or two. We'll dismiss you. Tonight our brother John is going to speak for us. We're looking forward to that. But let's worship the Lord. Can we do that?
1: Down Down from from His his glory